Hello and welcome to our second podcast. Today we're joined by Norma Walsh, um, solicitor in Caragtoon. Norman, thank you very much for joining us. Not bad, James. How are you? I'm all right. Excellent. Norman, um, let's start off. I I suppose when I get people in and try and do a little bit of research on them, um, we had Joey Sheen on before and kind of read a bit of his book and kind of read up online. Obviously for yourself, I kind of wanted to do the same. So I, I got the, the Law Society of Ireland book out, packed that in after four pages, and I said I'd go online and check out your website. Um... Norman, I, I'd say it's easier to find Kaiser Sose than it is to find you online. Literally, there's one picture of you. Well, um... Talk to me. Tell me why that is. Because in fairness, you just explained a while ago, so that's the reason I mentioned it. Tell us about your... Well, I suppose, uh, wait, so you see, and people, people start like trying to... If they want to contact me, normally, my business anyway is based on a pyramid. It's a network. So, mm. therefore, uh, we are launching our website, and in fact, actually, today, uh, we will be launching that soon enough. It was an aspect as well whereby certain aspect of law that we do very private and sensitive. So therefore, um, I therefore would only take certain clients. Um, and it was we are regulated so much with the law society. Um, is it is it a, in this day and age? You know, if, if you're specialising in something, normally there are referrals out of that. As to whether you want to go online for that, there are many platforms out there. Uh, that I'm very well aware of because clients do contact me in relation to that aspect of law, you know. Yeah. And, you know, we have very good comments, very uh, good clients of ours that would uh, speak up for me. And then, unfortunately, you have the other side of society, which is across the board in any profession, and they mightn't be happy with my service or for whatever reason. Some of them are commenting on me and I've never met them before. It's just it's such the way of life. I, you know, I don't believe that for one second, Norman. Knowing you, <laughs> I don't believe that to be true. So basically, it is, it is a very much of a kind of a referral business. It, 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 it with my business certainly. And yeah. I, it, this year, um, on the second of April, twenty twenty three, I'll be celebrating twenty years as self-employed. As our in business, but I, I'm on the road of solicitors since Easter of nineteen ninety five. So this year is an yeah. important year for me. For my staff, we're um, presently in the process of trying to move our business as well and have a new uh, platform on the main street of Carry Tool. Um, at, we would be developing, and we have developed over the last 20 years as well, um, my business to have a new platform for individuals coming into us. And it would be basically on the main street of Carry Tool. So it'd be High Street we would have a presence a future presence there as well in order for us to expand you actually walked me through the unit once um, yeah. a while back and it's really really exciting actually it's a gorgeous unit um, the it was it was but unfortunately <laughs> about six months ago when things went a little wall and the various prices and the quotations from the subcontractors they were all ringing me saying tear those up we'll start again but that's such as life yeah. you know we move on whenever we I'm not too sure as to whether we'll be open for the 2nd of April but we'll be celebrating on the 2nd of April 20 years of business and I think uh, the economy is very strong yeah. continues to be strong uh, there are surplus funds with the exchequer uh, everything is going in the right direction as far as I'm concerned with our own business it's expanding uh, taking on new staff uh, perhaps taking on a new solicitor before the year is out so as far as I'm concerned Whilst there are negative comments, obviously, about the economy out there, and there are individuals that would be um, 
stating that we would have to be cautious as to how we go. Certainly, everybody should be cautious as to how they're going, in particular with their borrowing and spending. But with the numbers that you know and I know with regards to conveyancing, buying, selling, renting, um, the economy is in a very good place at the moment. And, and hence, I have a confidence in the economy whereby, you know, if we are going to make this acquisition and take the business onto a new footing, I, I'm confident. You know, if I survive 20 years now, even through one of the worst recessions, yeah. and I lived, my family lived through a recession of the 70s and 80s. Um, I wasn't born then. Well, I wouldn't know anything about it. I didn't expect that you would be. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I look old, hey, you. you can see <laughs> the, by the, the, the loss of hair, you know, that I'm from that vintage. <laughs> so um, I, I think through recessions like that, we've learned an awful lot anyway. And I think the most thing is that anybody in business, you know, would have an element of action and have a safety net. So yeah. we'll see, and we, we'll see how the future goes, proceed with. Well, 20 years in business is a fantastic achievement. And I think it's only the really, really good companies going to last that, that long. There was always caution there in business and I continue to be cautious as well. Uh, having that said, I mean, we've all made mistakes. Uh, particular, uh, the height of it in the noughties, um, where we were all in a different space at that stage, you know. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think if, if you can accept, basically, that mistakes have been made, it's not sort of like, Lulling on the past, but sort of like, how do you pick yourself up? How do you correct yourself going forward? And I think that's just standing to me as far as I'm concerned with regards to resilience and then basically progressing with my own business. And I know my space of business, my scope of business. So that's uh, that's why. Into that now, yeah. jumping ahead. And by the way, you missed Jay. Jay is our producer, and you'll know that we love a good segue. Right? Yes. So yes. That was my segue to Norman there about good companies only lasting 20 years. Norma completely missed it. We're in business 20 years last year. Are you? Yeah. Are you seriously? Yeah. You, don't, you look so young, don't you? There you go. I'll leave you off. I'll leave you off with the Miss Segway. So, your business, um, family law, legal representation, personal injury, probate, conveyancing. I suppose for the show that we're doing at the moment, we're going to concentrate on conven- conveyancing. So, can you... And again, I suppose I'm going to have to, to go back just to start off and because I, I did this in the last podcast as well to explain what the podcast is for. And it's for explaining certain parts of the business in layman's terms so that people understand because you know, we fly through our days and our weeks kind of getting through things thinking everybody knows everything when they don't. So we're, we're kind of really trying to pair it back. So we're going to start as not knowing one thing. So conveyancing. So, so therefore you, you would take the individual individuals and they decide they're going to buy a property for example so therefore they've never done that before and I think the there is a certain generation there now who will get this information through podcasts like this or who will go on like, what's to do well certainly in this country if you're getting mortgage you will need a solicitor it is as simple as that full stop you must employ a solicitor. Not only that, but you should employ a solicitor who knows how to conveyance, basically, to buy and sell property. That's what conveyancing is. That's what conveyancing is. You are basically conveying from A, the individual who owns the property, that is the vendor seller, and you're conveying 
the vendors conveying that, the vendor solicitors conveying it to your to your solicitor, who's the purchaser solicitor, um, the property itself. It's a simple transaction. But unfortunately, there are such a lot of things simple about conveyancing. But there isn't. There isn't. I totally agree with you. I think every conveyance that I'm dealing with these days, there is always a problem. Uh, but the simple, to, to start with, the purchaser will go and deal with the auctioneer. The auctioneer will obtain a booking deposit of 5,000, 3,000, 10,000 euro, depending on the price of the property. And then the auctioneer will start the conveyance by giving a sales note to the vendor solicitor and purchaser solicitor. Um, and then let both solicitors engage with each other. If I've never dealt with a solicitor on the other side, I think it's only out of common sense. You pick the phone up and say, hi, how are you? What? Solicitor character. Would you always do it? Always do it. If I don't know that in, whether they're with the county council, city council, in private practice, car carry nationwide, I'd pick the phone up and say, if I'm selling the property in particular, I have the title deeds, preparing the contracts, I think everything is in order. But if there's something major that's there, you have an obligation. You can sell to somebody if you do not have the proper title. It's as simple as that. So therefore, common courtesy, simplicity. Like, I mean, you know, if you were, if you were getting married and you want to go and get yourself a wedding platter, you know, um, the wedding platter is going to stay in touch with you. You have, a, you have a relationship. You have a professional relationship as well with the solicitor on the other side. So therefore, you have to work together because the vendor solicitor wants to get a role to make sure he gets the sale money from the purchasers and to hand the keys over. And the purchasers want the keys. And if they're for same buyers, you know, I mean, it's an enormous event in their life, you know. I certainly, as a vendor solicitor, would want to make sure that the purchasers are going to be trimmed coming into somebody like you, knowing that we have authorised to release the keys to them. And that is then the new beginning for them. And I'd also bear in mind as well that if they were buying a property in Carito and I wasn't acting for them, then I want to make sure that they understand that I'm a hard-working, diligent solicitor who has a bit of common sense and I think I'm a, I am courteous to most individuals. Um, and when I say that, is that I try to portray that I am a professional and that they might actually gather that through the transaction. You might obtain a client of them into the future. Yeah. If they were dealing, dealing with something else, a personal injuries or a tenancy, if they were letting the property out, they might come to me or if they were going to send the property into the future. You know, it's just common sense. It's sometimes in our profession, there's no, there's no sense. No, sense is definitely not common. But I, I think because the law is an ass. But it is. But I, I think we, we kind of like keep on pairing it back because even when you when you were talking to me, you saying purchasers or vendors, like the amount of people that I deal with, and I'd be talking to them and I'd say like, you know, the vendor knows on saying this, and they'd say, Sergio, what's a vendor? And you go, oh, sorry, that's the person selling the house. So as I said to you, what about we we tend to just push on so much with our business kind of thinking that everybody knows all our lingo and the whole lot. And I think that's why I came up with this idea of the podcast so that we can kind of, no, no, look, it's that and I want to promote East Cork. Simple as that. Like, I mean, everything about this kind of, even today's show, sponsored by Sage, down below. All right, okay. Yeah. He's actually given us a, a lovely voucher which I'm going to present to you at the... Oh, okay. 
you my wife will be thrilled with that. Well, well, okay, you got somebody bring, will. You got to bring me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're they're just to let you know that they're um, cafe or they're 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 opening in for lunch Thursday through till Sunday, and they do a happy hour. Norman, a happy hour. Yeah, three to half five. All cocktails. It's approximately for the price of one. It's that's it's, right. It's, it's happy. Hour it's about time we finish this podcast. Look, this one is. Um. So yeah, again. So we we kind of on the conveyancing thing. I think anybody who knows me will know. And I look, I'm going to come out and say, if any auctioneer out there, ninety five percent of them, possibly more, will have an issue with the way conveyancing is done, and not the way it's done. With just what, like, the process, how long it takes. Like, why does conveyancing take so long? I think there are a number of issues. First of all, I think auctioneers would like to have the conveyance over with as quickly as possible. But I think the vendor solicitor and the purchaser solicitor, in particular, the purchasers, the people want to get their key, whether it's second property, want it done as quickly as possible. So there is investigation. Firstly, the vendor solicitor. If there is a mortgage on the property that's been sold, they'll have to wait and they'll have to get title deeds. And as we know, we've been bombarded by Ulster Bank and KBC with correspondence, media, newspapers, radio with regards to transfer over of Ulster Bank or going to permanent DSP. KBC, I think, are doing the majority with Bank of Ireland with regards. So their loan books are being transferred over. And right now, we're seeing the effects of that as well because there is a slowdown in obtaining title leads. Because oh, fair back, so title leads. So you get title leads. So what's in a title lead? Yeah. So therefore, you have, if there there are two types of registries that we have in this country. The one that's most commonly known is the land registry. Okay, so that's for registered property. Um, so the normal first title document that you would have is a folio file plan. And that is the registered document that delineates and shows who is the registered property and as to whether there are any other burdens registered against the property, such as normally a first legal charge, which would be in favour of the individual's uh, mortgage bank. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are the planning documentation, depending when the property was built. And I have to say, the amount of paperwork with these new properties that are being built, the A1, A2, uh, BERs, the BERs, building energy, energy and certificates, most efficient energy properties. The amount of paperwork that comes with new properties these days, I have to say, is forever increasing. So, like, I mean, the new property back in the nineties, uh, the paperwork now is substantially more. So it's actually increasing, okay. and you have to. But but just to to point on that, like when you think about it, back in the eighties and the nineties, even in eighties, when when you were building a house, there was a a smoke detector or fire sight in the the kitchen, and there was one in the landing, and now there has to be one in every room. So that means that when the electrician comes in, he has to wire all of those back, and you get the and and then those those documents actually have to be signed off on. on, on, So like that's just adding to the yeah, Yeah. but and then there's other stuff. that it, 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 that's applicable to the title themselves um, and they may be title matters um, such as um, the non-principal place of residence certificate of exemption 
certificate of discharge, that's applicable to the property, so therefore it is a title matter. Now, insurance, that is not a title matter. So if anybody wants to, like, I ask, if I was selling a property, I would ask my clients, I have a simple questionnaire for them to, and they would give me the majority of information pertaining to the property. And one of them is, is your house insured? Yes. Who's it insured with? I have that information. So therefore, the house is continuously insured up to the date and point of the house has closed. Yep, okay. Right. But no purchaser solicitor should be asking vendor solicitors, produce this document to me, etc. You know, with regards to insurance. No, I, I told you it's insured. It's insured. I told you it's insured. And basically, if I'm telling you that, I mean, I'm a solicitor. I've taken an oath. I'm, resp- I'm responsible to the law society. If I tell you it's insured because my client has told me that, then I take it that they are my instrument. You should take me at my face value. If you can't do that, why are you engaging with me in the first place? So I would take a very, very pragmatic view in relation to selling the property. Um, and I would take the same view in relation to buying the property. But buying the property, unfortunately, you would then perhaps be restrained because if I'm getting a mortgage on behalf of my clients and this will go back to why does it take so long for a conveyance to happen it doesn't have to take so long but we have to engage with the bank and they are centralised Dublin in order to get the funds and we have to basically produce all documentation and we have to comply with all special conditions in the letter of law and if they're not in place they're not going to give us it's as simple as that and unfortunately we're down here in lonely old Cork Dublin is up there right okay and that, that leads on to the next question so like we did a report recently you would have seen a report I sent it on to you we yeah. have an East Cork um, residential report if anybody's yeah. looking for one I send it on to you um, but sales are now taking double the time to close 16 weeks than they were in 2019 60 weeks me uh, is ridiculous because I can't understand or fathom that a house sale should take six to eight weeks that is the norm that, that doesn't now, happen norm the, yeah the problem there is that just start with even getting the title deed I think that if somebody is organised it can be done between six to eight weeks yeah. because if an individual is selling their property they should have checked in with their solicitor say I'm going to instruct James Calvert, auctioneer, Main Street, um, carry to Main Street, Middleton, and I'm going to instruct him to sell my property. And no, I, Norman calls me Calvert. Sorry, Norman calls me Calvert. Jay calls me Colbert. I, 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 I'm sure you're called many others. Colbert, Calvert. <laughs> I'm not going to take anything. That's it. I actually, oh, well, funnily enough, I go by my real name, which is Colbert. My mother kind of went into that a couple of years. Remember Mrs. Bouquet? Yes. I mean, she, was, yes. she was Mrs. Bob. I do, yeah, yeah. My mother went into that a few years ago, well, a good few years ago now, where she wanted to be kind of called Colbert, and I was like, well, you can't. Yeah. Like, our name is Colbert. You can't change it. <laughs> but I'm having a great crack here. I'm, I'm, I'm Colbert on one side, and I'm Colbert on the other. Well, anyway. So, to be organised, I think, the vendor, um, before property goes on the market, link in with the solicitor, and let the solicitor then do what they have to do. And that is get the title it's going to take at least two to three weeks to get it out. 
banking if there's a mortgage. Or, and, and my point earlier with KBC and others the bank transferring over to respective banks now. Yeah. That is creating it. Do you know, do you know what the, like from, I suppose from our standpoint as an auctioneer, what we look at is certain issues and we're going to go back in a second to just to kind of how we could create a better system as to like, you know, different systems that are around Europe. But like, if if we're looking at our vendor um, going to the market, they put a property in the market, we always say to them, we give them a list. We say, look, get these items in place. Go have a chat with your solicitor. Make sure they're all there. Get your title deeds. Have all your information hand so that you can just produce it mm-hmm. to the purchaser or solicitor. With Good idea, yes. Yeah. And majority of the time, their solicitors are what they say to them. Don't worry about the title deeds. It'll take two or three weeks. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. What? Don't worry about the title deeds. That's correct, yeah. But no, I mean, that means when we go say the read and you request the title deeds, it's going to take eight weeks for the title deeds to arrive. Half of them in my office, I'll tell you. What? The title deeds won't? Correct. Because that's what I say to them the first thing is, the title deeds, which get the title deeds. Why wouldn't you just take them the first time? Why wouldn't you just request them the first go to the market? But the, that's what I'm saying to you. Anybody comes in to buy and we're selling the property, yeah. say, sign an authority immediately. I send it out to you. Because more than you purchase this property for you, your details are on our screen. We send out an authority to you. We'll get the title deeds. The minute they go to the market. No, no, no. So when they mention it to us, we are intending to sell the property. We need to get yeah. an asylum lease. That's what I say to them immediately. Okay. Immediately. On um, words there. At, 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 it's in my interest to get this over the line. I'm not in the business. And you know me now a good few years, okay? You know, patience, unfortunately, isn't my best attribute. <laughs> <laughs> but... On, on, on a level of common sense yes in that you're selling the property you can't sell it without your title leads so don't run away I'll get your title leads for you and I'd be prepared and to be quite honest with you I think the majority of sales and purchases we've done which uh, yourself or two of your offices I think they have cleanly gotten over the line apart from one and two but they may have been title matters they may have had planning issues engineering Injury things that we have to sort out, yeah. but certainly identify immediately if there's any difficulty, and also the fact that the solicitor has to. I mean, it's very onerous, I think, on a vendor these days. They have to, uh, with the, just for example, with the non principal place of residence tax, we and we charge our clients to do this because it is cumbersome. We have to prove to the county council or city council through a utility bill. Now, it's what, uh, 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 it was between 20, 2009 and 2013. It's now uh, 20, 2009 and 2010. Those years are gone. So it's 2011, 2012 and 2013. We have to get a utility bill for those three years. And we have to present that then to uh, the county Declarations before, in order to confirm it was my sole principal place of residence. For some odd reason, that doesn't seem to be getting over the line, and we have to get these utilities. If we so, therefore, who's your utility provider then in 2011? Let's be honest; you can't even remember who you're in this day and age. Like today, well, like in January 2023, I mean, you can't even remember who your utility provider was two years ago. Never mind back in 2011. So, therefore. Then we have to tell them, go and get a letter from your GP. Oh, I got a new GP. So, so that is cumbersome. So therefore, you're wondering, so, let's, oh my God, let's just say so, right? We wake up tomorrow morning. Yeah. Right. And it's it's the perfect world. 
I'm in charge. I'm the Minister for Housing. Yeah. You're in charge of the Law Society of Ireland. The two of us sit down in SAGE yeah. because we got a voucher. Superb. Right, we're having lunch. Divine lunch. We go to the happy hour. We saw, we're going half. I mean, far half the hour. We go half and half. No, no, but I'm in the Law Society. <laughs> so we sit down, right? And we start putting a strategy together and we create our own system for selling a property. Yeah. What What would be the best system to get something closed six weeks? I think the, the system that we have, uh, the, system not, that, uh, yeah, the, the system you have doesn't work. The system that we have actually does work, but it just doesn't happen within the time frame that we all want it to happen. Unlike in Croatia or in France or in Germany, it's one document, practically one advocate. Yeah. Okay. Crazy. Um, so therefore, it is crazy. However, these countries, you see, don't have the um, certain level of certainty ownership, 100% ownership uh, that we have in this country. I mean, we have a safe proof situation in this country, which which I have to say, you know, we, we need, uh, we should have, every country should have. Yeah, you know? Well, listen, I, I, I have to say no. In that PPR matter, no, to be honest with you, as far as I'm concerned, you know, it is a tax on the property, so therefore it has to be dealt with. But there has to be easier ways to get your certificate. It's a bit that. If you if you sign a declaration, declaration. But right. isn't it? Is this war? But isn't it somewhere? Isn't it Scotland? The Scotland that have a kind of a system where it's well, I don't know, no, but I I know. Sorry, we 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 go to the we go to the not the residential, the commercial side of things. In the commercial side of things, they have a safe. Don't they? They have the 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 kind of the safe where all of the items or all of the documents go into this online safe shall we say right and once they're all in there everybody the two both solicitors have access to it mm-hmm. but like if they were going to go to um, we say like an auction mm-hmm. all of the titles all of yes. all the documents have to be there but I mean that's the same in this country you know if you go to auction you have to have your title there okay so you have to inspect your title yes, before you, auction I know but you see where we're going now we're getting yeah, something no, now right? so obviously the happy hour and sage is working for us here yeah. because yeah. we're kind of coming around so why can't we just Take the commercial side of things, right? Like in an auction or a course, put that into the kind of residential side. Well, you see, I, I, I can't say that the commercial side of things are, is any easier in this country. No, it's not. We go with the auction side. Okay. We go with well, the auction. I mean, okay, so you have to have everything. The beauty about an auction is that you have to have your title prepared. So therefore, and it has to be there for inspection prior to the auction. Not during the auction, not after the auction. You are signing and you have to pay. If you buy this property, you're leaving that auction paying your 10%, right? And you're signing contracts. Why can't that be the same system for residential whereby does it not, maybe it is not the law society's fault, maybe it's not the minister's fault, but it is, there is a system in place. It's just the fact that people should adhere to the system and they should adhere to having your ducks lined up. Yes, see, before, so before it goes online. There has to be some sort of percentage. Sorry, it, it, before the structure Correct. itself has an option. So there, there's, there's just more, um, I suppose, planning required. So basically, if we, were, if we were going to do something like that system, you would have to have the title these requested, you'd have to have everything in your BER, you'd have to have all your documents ready, and then they would be given to the solicitor, they would be put in place, and they would say, listen, there's all the documents in place, You've now got six weeks to close the sale. And that's it. Well, uh, uh, can that happen? Well, it can be because, you see, we agree a closing date as well. It's something that auctioneers, I think, 
should take on board is that the, the purchasers, the people who are buying, want this property in ASAP. Okay, mm-hmm. they're for same buyers. That's perfectly understandable. Um, the vendors want to get paid ASAP. So therefore, if there is a closing date agreed, then is that agreed on the basis that the vendor solicitor is ready to issue contracts immediately? There should be no differentiation between an auction and um, buying by private treaty. You should be ready to go. You should be organised. Have your house in order. Because maybe not. Maybe an auctioneer should consider. Who's your solicitor? Has the solicitor got the title leads? Has is is our contracts ready to go? Most most auctioneers will turn around on Norman and say that over the years, over the past number of years, an awful lot of um, emphasis has been put back on auctioneers by the solicitors. So in other words, it's a matter of like, look, I've got this issue. They'll call the 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 client will call the solicitor. The solicitor will say, look, I'm I'm, I'm very busy. I'm, I'm in court. I've got this thing going on. Talk to your talk to your auctioneer about it. No, look, whether you do it or not, I'm not saying that. But you 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 got to admit that that is something that probably has crossed your lips a number of times where you will say look go speak to the auctioneer he can talk to the person who's selling the house he'll talk to the other and it just seems to come back an awful lot on us whereas I feel that process when it, when the sales note as you pointed out earlier sales note goes out to the solicitor the solicitor contacts the other you give him a call you get contracts issued that window should be for ye but more, more to the point why would somebody sell a property in circumstances where actually the, the vendor the, the seller's solicitor like doesn't even have a prepared contract. You wouldn't do it with an auction. So why would you do it in private treaty? I, 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 so therefore, I think the lesson out of this is that, you know, um, be prepared. Um, be all of us, this, as the scouts say, you know. <laughs> be prepared. Grills, be, be ready. Uh, be all of. Um, have everything ready. Engage with your solicitor positively. You need title deeds in order to issue contracts. Um, now, I, I accept and you and I had uh, a situation before Christmas where a sister indicated to me that he doesn't close as quickly as I intended to. And I, I, I find that strange, but I'm self-employed. You know, I want this transaction over for the benefit of my clients to make sure that I look good with my, that my, my client is satisfied with my service. I get paid. Next point, please. There are solicitors there who will not go as quickly as I do. But it's not that I'm trying to go as quickly as possible. Because if you do that, you'll make mistakes. Right? I don't know. You're professionally enough on, 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 on professional empty insurance. I know, which I has got through the roof. I just don't want, to, I don't want it to come across like I'm saying, all oh, solicitors just hurry up and get it done. Because I understand yeah. that the conveyancing is very, very litigious. And you, you have to make sure that legally it's all done correct. Because if it isn't, it comes back on you and mm. you all get in big, big trouble. I get right. that. I still feel like he regular arses an awful lot about that. Um, well, there may be solicitors out there, but I think the, the the point that has to be taken from this is that if you are selling your property, then surely, before you put the property on the market, you should have instructed your solicitor because he's an part of this. The, the, the auctioneer is going to do his or her job um, and they will do that swiftly and you do it swiftly so therefore um, why would somebody go to their solicitor because they don't know I'd say correct you're right and they should know um, that contracts 
can only issue once you have the title deeds. So therefore, if a solicitor gets a sales note, says that the property has been sold, and the solicitor is there sitting at his desk, and he doesn't even have the title, you know, we're already behind the ball. Six weeks. You know, uh, and, and your six weeks are out the window, that's it. And I think that's where, if I'm acting, I'll introduce myself to my colleague, if I don't know that colleague, and see where we are and work with them. I'm not here to make obstacles or create obstacles or put obstacles in place. I want to make sure my clients are getting value for money with the good fees that they're paying me and that they are satisfied. In particular, emphasis on uh, purchasers. Uh, I'm very conscious that it's an, an enormous movement, you know, and they want their keys. They don't want to be disappointed. No. Can I ask you, why do some solicitors insist on having an engineer's report done before the issue of the contract? In the event that there's any... It, so therefore, for the vendor or the purchaser? For the... Uh, okay, so for the... Well, first of all, uh, most banks these days anyway, if it's a second-hand property, will require an engineer's report. Do you know that not all of them actually do? A, B don't. Well, no, I, I'm just saying, you see, if you go into and you... T- the, the, the bank will want to know what type of property you're buying, etc. If this if property was uh, built in 1923, yeah. then more than likely will say, well, we want a satisfactory engineer's report and that it complies with planning etc well in 1923 there was no planning but um, I, I, I think um, I don't know I, I, I don't if I if, if I'm acting for a purchaser second hand property new property you are told in law school and you're educated and it is the most common sensical thing you're buying a substantial asset why would you buy an asset without an engine Oh, you te- if you as- I just instruct my clients to that I put it in right whether they get structural survey done on the property or not that's their business it's not my business everybody should get a, a survey done on their property I just find that when certain solicitors and there are certain solicitors who, who say I'm not going to basically do anything until that um, survey is done because they feel that if there's an issue with the property then you're wasting my time I'm wasting your time we're all wasting my get that done first then that that takes another three weeks. I think that's, that's where it's sort of like our, our organisation as well with purchasers. Purchasers, uh, it, it, we have to take it that purchasers don't know what to do in the conveyance because they're uh, looking at a first-time buyer. So therefore, they're, they're, they're relying on the expertise of the conveyancing solicitor and um, acting for the purchaser. So therefore, um, I would just basically tell them, I'm obliged to say to you, it's a second-hand property, um, in, employ an engineer and get a structural survey done on the property. No. Um, secondly, there's consequences in relation to insurance as well because insurance, just because you have insurance doesn't necessarily mean that your insurance company is going to cover you in relation to uh, problems of a second-hand property that arise into the future. Okay, and like, let's get rid of this myth at the moment around um, East Cork and floods. Okay? There was one flood in East Cork in 2015 in Middleton. Uh, that's right, yeah. And literally... Uh, every, it was more of a flood. Every time <laughs> I huge. Yeah, well, every time I sell a property, and we're now in 2023, eight years later, it's like, and, and, and with the flooding is the flood. There hasn't been a drop of water since. It's barely rained in East Cork since 2015, so just give up on the flooding. And you do not need flood insurance to get a mortgage. Correct? Okay. No, you don't. But if... Okay, first of all, if you have a solicitor in the locality who is buying this property and they know that it's in a floodplain near a floodplain then say to your client 
your own common sense. You tell your clients, get an engineer to do a structural survey. There was flooding there before. It was like when the tunnel was being built, the Jack Lynch tunnel was being built. There were numerous houses in Man and Blackrock that were constructed at the time and the tunnel was being done as well. I would have thought that any purchaser solicitor would have instructed the purchasers if you're an engineer to do a planning search to make sure that this tunnel is not going to somewhat, you know, um, you know, affect your property or your access or maybe it'll enhance it considering you might be near the tunnel and that'll then get you onto the Dublin Road moment. We all aspire to live. That's Cork. <laughs> we're, 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 we're East Cork. We're promoting East Cork. We don't care what happens to the Tonys up there. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. do back to East Cork. Um, I want to ask you before we get to get into because we're, 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 we got a lot still to get through. Would you believe? Um, do do solicitors hate auctioning? Just tell the truth now. Do you have a kind of a it's probably strong word, isn't it? Disdain? Maybe you're a kind of a. There's always a sense. Isn't there a complicated relationship between auctioneers and solicitors? And I'll tell you why. So, I'll tell you why. Because I, I, it's not that I load or hate this, but the auctioneer is employed by the vendor, the seller. So therefore, an auctioneer ringing a purchaser solicitor, they have no contractual basis whatsoever. And, they, and when auctioneers... If if <laughs> if I'm in a good mood, <laughs> yeah. I might answer it for. Or um, we would um, because the, the 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 auctioneer is ringing the purser solicitor, and I think that annoys purser solicitors. That, yeah, I think that's that's the only thing there really, it's, isn't it? Wanted, I'm a devil for this. I will tell my staff ring everyone. If it's slowing up, if it's gone to a pace where we know it's it's just it's not going to get within the twelve weeks, whatever. We have a list of kind of, you know, checklists that we got to tick off in relation to contracts going out, engineer going there, value we're going there. And I have a big one for ring all the solicitors. Well, you see... The, I'm the, your worst man. Well, I, I, I would say in relation to that, you know, yeah, doesn't anything stopping you from ring, ringing all the solicitors? Nothing stopping you either from but, not picking up the phone. Yeah, it, it, there, there, there is, you see, because we've no... It's only out of common courtesy to answer the phone, right? But... It, it, we we have no relationship whatsoever with the auctioneer because we didn't apply the, our client didn't apply it, and we have no instructions from the purchaser solicitor to engage with you, right? No, but you see, there's no yeah. But, do, with solicitors writing to one another and you, and the way you kind of would converse, they, they, well, there's no need for you to contact the purchaser solicitor because you see your your client solicitor, the vendor solicitor, will tell you everything and bring up speed. I think that's that's just about a contention with purchaser solicitors. But you know what? At my age now, uh, you know I've gotten over that. If if they ring, they ring, and I I basically try and help them because I'm trying to get things over the line. Or if I'm exacerbated, we get exacerbated in cases. But if that's the case, the clients are the ones that are going to lose out, and I don't want my clients looking at me saying he if it may have he was difficult. Uh, he interfered with this. Uh, no, there's there's a process, and I engage with my clients, explain everything to them email by Zoom phone in person Pigeon. and I will keep them we're nearly heading towards Pigeon at this stage but I would say that I would keep them fully abreast of all matters and I would share as much correspondence with them as possible but, I didn't, but they employed me to do a job so therefore I don't want either to sort like drag them down when they would pay for explain when, sure. explain when that you're not you're not you know 
obliged to take the phone call from yeah. the from the other side, which is fair enough. Okay, no, I always find you very easy to deal with, so I'm going to leave it at that before we move on because we could be giving out to another year forever. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to try and get Norman back for a family law episode at some stage because this is there's a lot going on there. So what we got to do is we're going to hit through what we what we do with this Norman um, every podcast we're going to get uh, questions from our followers. So yep. on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and we put it out that you were coming on. Yeah, and these are the questions we got in. Terry, yes, I'm a cash buyer. I want to buy my neighbor's house for daughter. Can I do this myself without legals? If not, can it be done within four weeks or less? Well, before we start now, Terry, does your neighbor know that you're buying his house? Because I think that's going to be the first part that's going to be very important there because you can't just go around buying houses. <laughs> but I suppose he's... Well, they are neighbors. Yeah. Obviously, they have a good relationship. We're going to, we're going to take it that Terry's neighbor knows yes. this. Yeah. Um, and he's wondering, can he... Can he do it himself? No. Um, with cash? Yeah. Um, he could try it. Could he? It won't happen in four weeks, I'll tell you. Because if the neighbour, more than likely, who has a solicitor, that solicitor will be scratching their head saying, how can I sell this property? Oh, so didn't you have a solicitor? Um, can it be done in four weeks? I presume he's kind of going because he's a cash buyer. But again, that comes down to convincing. And the solicitor on the other side, no, if you have Norman Walsh on your side, you've got a better chance. I mean, absolutely, because you're immediately not the um, thanks. We, we we say the problem there. The, the the problem that I always see is the mortgage. It's what you know now. You know, I mean, the biggest complaint in our office is why is it taking so long for my letter of loan offer to come in? I don't know because I am a solicitor. I am not a banker. Uh, you may have obtained a broker uh, to get this letter of loan offer for you. And we know that there is between approximately four and four and a half thousand applications, mortgages being granted on a monthly basis. That is a serious amount of applications that they're going through. So therefore, the process is normally between three and six months anyway to mm. get a loan in principle. Um, but in this instance, um, he is a cash purchaser. So therefore, the purchasers, in his case, the purchaser's solicitor won't have to qualify title for a bank. So therefore... There's no bank involved. Could it, 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 it could be. Absolutely. Mary F. says, I had a nightmare last time selling with solicitor. Slow, unresponsive. Clearly not yourself, Norman. Um, thinking of selling again. They have my deeds. How do I get them? Use. Send an email. This is, um, I require, Mary, yeah, you have my title deeds. Would you please arrange for my title deeds to be collected? And would you please contact me when they're available for me to collect them at your reception. Or she can, her, her service, or she can send she it can, to she can, she can go and basically go into the new solicitor. The new solicitor will get an authorization from her and that authorization will be sent from her new solicitor to the old solicitor. And normally we have an obligation, by the way, to hand those over within, uh, um, you know, as, as quick as time as possible. You know, there should be no delay. Sean T, uh, how much is the average cost for a solicitor? Could feel good. Uh, could, couldn't say to you. Uh, there's, there's no average. There isn't. Um, remember, there's professional indemnity insurance now that we have to pay on an annual basis, okay? So, so selling my house is 300,000. Uh, um, which would be, I would say that without any difficulties whatsoever, no, okay? Yeah. And the introductory fee, I would suggest it would be 1,800 euro plus fat at 23%. And then, as you know yourself, there's hidden outlay, 200 euro searches for your bank, Maybe a commissioner of roads fees, 20 euro. You have your one, if it's residential, 1% um, of the purchase price is yeah. your stamp duty. 
and then you have your registration costs. So if it's in the registry deeds, sorry, we'll stick with the land registry. Um, obviously, one percent is separate, but two and a half. Here. We give it two and a half. To cover it. Two and a half. The professional fee is it? For a three hundred thousand. I think you should. Yeah. I think you should. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's registration costs, you see, but people don't see the registration. And like the registration for a two hundred for a three hundred thousand euro house, the registration costs are nine hundred and twenty euro yeah. to the land registry. But it goes up, doesn't it? Well, yeah, yeah, it absolutely. It depends so on the price of the property. Legal fees are absolutely. Yeah, it'd be about a thousand and twenty euro then. Yeah. Right. Dara H. My friend recently divorced and couldn't buy a house, so I offered him some of the cash, and he said he would pay me back. The solicitor wouldn't act on his behalf as they said they didn't know where my money came from and wanted proof of its origin. Said I could have been an arms dealer. Okay. No, the solicitor is absolutely correct. Um, the source of funds, um, if we don't know our client, uh, we need to know what the source of the funds is and you have to bring that proof in. Absolutely. We are regulated. Oh, no, no, we are regulated. That solicitor is absolutely correct. Such as this transaction I might have been doing with yourself recently. A new client, uh, the individual was from Asia and her uh, relative was uh, getting the funds. And then it was like, there absolutely no way. I wanted to see where the money was coming from. I wanted to see the bank. I wanted to see the uh, uh, the history of the money's going in there. Because my client could see. Japan was yeah, correct, yeah. And like their banking system is the exact same as ours. So therefore, if the money is there and accumulating over time, or if there was proof that there was maybe a drawdown of a pension fund. Give me the, 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 trans, uh, the documents are translated and I can see that because it is us. If we use and we do not do that properly and it comes around that if the money that we use to buy the property from ill-gotten gains are from a source of criminality, that solicitor is a serious difficult. So they just come in with a briefcase full of Abs- gone. Absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. We can't even actually know except uh, to our party checks. So therefore, if I'm the vendor solicitor, you're the purchaser solicitor, and your client gave to you the balance deposit of €20,000, his own check, and you send that to me, I can't now even accept that. It's a Didn't need to know. But, but where did the cash get? Did the cash came from someplace? You have to know where the cash comes from. <laughs> That, that's that's why you're asking the question. <laughs> actually, sorry, yeah, Dara F is actually G. Um, all right, well, look, that's been that's everything I have for you, Norman. You, okay. first, you've been very comprehensive. I really enjoyed having a chat, as I always do with you. Absolutely. So next time, we're going to go uh, to Sage and to do it. The happy hour. A lovely little bag with ourselves, Corporate and Co. But inside that is a voucher from uh, Kevin Down and Sage, and that is for their new lunches. As I said, they're doing lunches. Thursday through to Saturday, happy hours, half treat. You're, you're emphasizing the happy hour. I'm 100% damn. And I'm only too happy to have anything to eat and say. It's at any time. There you go. Thank you very much. Thank you. 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 Thank you.